0: Today's Bible reading is from Romans 8, 14 to 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I think the place to start this morning is really with... um, with an apology from my end to Mark and the music team, I think I have miscommunicated that our theme today is not dealing with uh, worry in prayer. Um, it's something else, uh, <laughs> which means it's really great because it means you can lead the service next week, and it'll be perfect because that's next week's theme. So, <laughs> so you're on next week. Uh, yeah, my apology for that. I, I don't know how how I uh, managed that, but. Here's where we're at. We're in a series on prayer. Uh, We have dealt in the first two weeks with sort of the introduction to what is prayer uh, around eyes wide open. Then the last two weeks we looked at um, ears wide open, listening to God in prayer. What does that look like? And the next two weeks we're going to look at uh, the heart of prayer, the real deep kind of side of prayer. And and, and the first thing that we're going to look at today, I won't tell you yet because otherwise I'll stuff up my introduction, Uh, the second one of those two things is how do we deal with worry when we're anxious, when we're stressed, you know? How does prayer feed into that part of our lives? And so next week, uh, that's on. Um, I hate cats. I'm just putting that out there. (laughs) I'm going to start with that strong statement. I don't like cats, and the reason I don't like cats is because I have this picture in my head of cats as I grew up, they were always these creatures who are, you could never trust them. You just couldn't. Compared to dogs, you could. You know a dog would, they're friendly, they like you, you can pat them, you, can, you know, they're, they're great. Cats, you never really knew. And so I had this picture in my head of cats as these untrustworthy, can't trust them, you know, dodgy creatures. I, you know, there's, there's cats and mozzies. I, they're the two creatures I didn't really know what, what to do with in life. Why, they, why were they created? The cat owners are going <laughs> to... Well, this is where this is leading to. I, that was my, 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 my picture of cats until, until recently my in-laws, some of you know this story, we said we wanted a pet, and they said, oh... Take our cat, he is lovely. And you know, you never go with that statement. That's never, never something that gives you confidence. But in the end, I yielded. I said, okay, the kids need a pet. I'm stingy. I don't want to spend money. This is a free solution. It's great, you know. You don't really have to look after a cat. It's all good. You sort of... So I took this cat, and you know what? You've, some of you have met Ming Ming, our cat. He is the nicest, <laughs> almost the nicest animal I've ever met. I don't know why. This cat is friendly. The kids do with him whatever they like and he just goes with it. They carry him. there is in baskets. He's here. He's there. Um, yes. You know, it, it, to me was a brilliant illustration of often when it comes to what we think of something or someone there's a picture in our heads that we go by. Now, I had a picture in my head about cats. And that kind of was for me who cats were, what cats were like. And until that was challenged in this new cat, you know, uh, it would have always been the same. Now, I'm going to read a quote to you this morning, flicking from cats now to to God. Big jump. Um, (laughs) A.W. Tozer writes this, he says, What comes to your mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Were we able to extract from any person a complete answer to the question, what comes into your mind when you think about God, we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that person. Think about how powerful that statement is. What comes into your mind when you think about God, we can predict he says, with certainty the spiritual future of that person. This morning I want to work with that picture a little bit. I want to give us two points, and I'll I'll go about this quickly. Two points about what what God wants the picture that should come into our minds to look like when we think about Him. I want to tell you why that's important, maybe a little bit how we can change that. Like, my picture of cats were changed. Okay. There's two things that I want to tell you this morning that God wants you to have in your mind when you think about about Him. Here's the first. God loves you as much as He loves Jesus, His own Son. God loves you as a Father as much as He loves His own Son, Jesus Christ. The verses that we read this morning, we picked that up in in verse 15. It says to Christians that the Spirit you have received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. I don't know what comes to mind when you think about adoption, but for us, often that term is somewhat negative. You, you could go, Harry Potter comes to mind. You know, This is sometimes what we think about when it comes to adoption is, is the adopted, not so much loved child. There's a difference between the adopted child and the real children. There's, there's a superiority that the real children have and the adoption, adopted children do not have. Uh, firstly, that was never true, I should point out, in the ancient world, in, in the time when these words were written. Adoption in the ancient world was, was full, complete. I, I, if you want to go with movies, don't think Harry Potter. Think think Gladiator. For those of you who can recall Gladiator, we just watched it the other night again. I don't know why, but it was, it was awesome. Um, <laughs> You know, we've got this thing where there's an emperor, um, Marcus Aurelius, and, and his own son is supposed to succeed him as a, as a successor to be the next emperor, and yet he doesn't want him to be the emperor, so he adopts um, Maximus Russell Crowe uh, because he would like him to succeed his own son. That was often the case in the ancient world when, when, when people were adopted it really was because the parent who would adopt a person would, would make a strong emphatic statement that I love you just as much, and quite wrongly often in their days, more even, than I love my own children. You've got to get that when, when, when Paul says this in Romans to Christians. You have been adopted to sonship or daughtership. Now, the thing that gets me here, that I never quite understood, was that as a Christian, I know that God loves me, but that he loves me as much as his own son. Now that's different, that enlarges and increases the size of, of how God sees me and how I should see him to an extent and to a level that I perhaps have never imagined before. As a father, he loves me as much as his own son. And and maybe to just drive that home, you say, well, is that really true? I'll just look at one more scripture to say to you, yes, that it is. Um, There's an author called Tim Chester, he, he writes about, well, about prayer. Then he talks about the Lord's Prayer. And If you're a Christian, you know the Lord's Prayer pretty well. You would have heard it before. And I just talk about the first line. He talks about the Lord's Prayer that starts with, Our Father in Heaven. The Context is, Jesus' disciples came to him. They said, Lord, we don't know how to pray. Can you teach us how to pray? Jesus says, imagine this in your head with me for a bit. He calls a few of them to himself. And he says, yeah, sure, I'll teach you how to pray. First thing we say is, our Father in heaven. Normally when we say those words in church or other places, I take it to mean that our Father, God is all of us who are here, our, our shared collective Father. That's why we say our Father. And that's true. But here's a staggering thing. I think there's something else. I think that day when Jesus said, let's imagine, he grabbed one of the disciples and he said, our Father, my Father, Jesus, and your Father, he's our Father. It takes that to, again, to just a whole new length. Tim Chester says, this is what Jesus said essentially when he said, pray our Father. He says to everyone who is his follower, pray with me. Share my relationship with God. For you, I was loved as I am. That, I put it to you, is a phenomenal thing. You cannot think of yourself the same way once you get that. Once we understand our identity, who we are in terms of children of God on the same status as Jesus Christ, it it truly is phenomenal. And and the first thing that I can say today is you, you need to know this about God. This is part of the picture that you need to have in your mind about who he is. He loves you as much as Jesus as a father. But, point two, to read a quote from Tim Chester. God wasn't finished. It's not enough for him to make you his child. He wants you to feel like his child and live like his child. Not enough for God to just make you his child. He wants you to feel like his child and live like his child. It's the second thing for today. God wants you to feel and live like you are, as loved as Jesus. And you may say, I've, I've always been taught to regard my feelings with suspicion, uh, not to trust them when it comes to my relationship with God. Um, and you know, I'm going to talk about that briefly. There's... there's, there's There's part of that issue that's true. And our feelings must never be the cornerstone of our faith. Uh, we, We love God, we trust God because we know the solid good truth about God with our minds. However, once we grasp that truth, it's inevitable that our feelings will follow, that our experience will follow. Our faith can never always, and our picture of God, our experience, our encounter with God can never stay at a rational thing. God does not want it to stay there. He wants you to feel as loved as His Son, Jesus. Where do I get that from? Let's look at Romans again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba. Abba, Father. This simply says, just to make sure we are crystal on this, if you're a Christian, if you've put your faith in Jesus, your sins are forgiven, God's Spirit comes and lives in you, it it means that you can call God this word, Abba. What does this mean? I'll illustrate to you. I, I have a son. He's about three years old and one of the highlights of my life, I might cry, is, is when I get home in the afternoons, and that boy is on the other side of the house we've got a long hallway and he hears that door and he runs and he says, Daddy! And he runs and he lunges and he jumps and he laughs and he's glad and he's joyful. And, you know, there's no question in that moment when I, when I hold my son, when he sees me, when I see his joy that at that particular point, I'm Abba. Not only does he know that I love him, he feels that I love him. My love for him is is part of his experience. It's part of his knowledge. It's all encompassing. That that is abba. This is this is what, what what Paul talks about. And 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 the unique thing that I should just point out to you here is this is the Jesus thing. No one's ever done this with God. Jewish people didn't do it with God. They're still not doing it with God. No one in the ancient world and no one in any other religion I could probably point out to you as well, would portray to you that the deity, the sovereign, the, the great, powerful one who's worthy of our worship is your daddy, the one who wants to hold you. This is Christian. It's uniquely gospel. It's, it's Jesus. And, and of course, with that, the invitation goes that if you, if you don't know him as such, He wants to be known by you as such. (laughs) Your Abba, your Father. God not only wants us to know that we are as loved as Jesus, He wants us to experience that love at all levels. That's the second point. And I just want to, before I close off, because I'm going to do so soon, I just want to talk about this for those here who will hear this and who will say, look, that's great. I, I get it and it's beautiful and all that, but um, I didn't know my dad like that. My experience of my own father was just nothing like it, you might say to me. What do I do that? I mean, this can range from not such a great relationship with your father to the opposite end of the extreme, to dads, dads done horrible things to me. Um, what, do we, what do we make with that? I do want to be helpful to you because, because it's real. Two things briefly. Firstly, no earthly father is, is perfect. <coughs> Every single one of us in this building my own son included, needs to make a jump from what we've experienced in our earthly fathers or what we didn't experience to what we're supposed to experience from our Heavenly Father. My son is three. I'm still cool. <laughs> you know, that's easy to get away with. He's going to come to know a different man in time. man who's flawed, who's sinful, who's going to limit his understanding of, of how good his Abba, Heavenly Father is. So if your experience with Dad was was not crash hot, you're part of every other human being for whom that may not have been the case. We all need to rely powerfully, uh, rely on requesting God to powerfully shape our picture of God as our loving Abba, despite what our experiences with our dads were. God needs to do that. He needs to change that picture in us, and he can and he will. That's a promise. The second thing, if you're struggling with this, especially if your your experience with with dad was was particularly horrible. Um, The Bible gives us the metaphor that our relationship with God is is like father-son or father-child. Strictly speaking, God has no gender. Uh, God is neither male nor female. If it helps you think of him as a loving parent, then do so. Think of him as mum if it helps you just to shape that picture, to to get a sense of what that love is like. That's that's okay. All right. Reshape our picture of who God is as our father, irrespective of our earthly fathers. Number two, okay to think of mum or granddad, aunt, uncle, doesn't matter all right let me wrap up we said two things your heavenly father loves you as much as he loves his own son Jesus he wants you to feel that and he wants you to live like you are that loved why is this important we're in a series on prayer what the heck does this have to do with it a fair bit actually If we do not see God or encounter or experience God as our Abba, our prayers will lack a few things. Firstly, God will never seem approachable to us. He'll always seem like a bit cold, a bit steely, a bit removed. Not the one who we run to with open arms. Full access. God won't seem approachable. Number two. We'll probably pray because we feel like we have to. Not because we want to. For Abba, we... we Dad, I want to talk to you. Dad, Dad, can I show you this? Dad, can, can we talk about this? Dad, can we play? Dad, will you help me? If we, my son wants to hang out with me. At this stage, he does. And, and, and this is it for prayer, too, that, that we see God as Abba. We pray because we want to, not because we have to. Number three... God is Abba, we'll we'll always feel free to be just as we are with God. We can share ourselves with him just as we are. Come just as you are, because your loving Father accepts you and will change you and help you. And fourthly, this I found really interesting, the picture of God that comes into our mind is not that of Abba, you'll struggle to be an effective witness for Christ. Interesting. It's very hard to invite other people into a relationship with someone who you don't experience or know as a loving father. When you do, it becomes easy. Comes a desire say look you've got to have this in your life because it is awesome this this is an experience a relationship that for me outdoes any other relationship i have based on the fact that i know that god loves me as much as he loves jesus (laughs) and the way that changes how i think about myself how i live my life is something that for you i'm confident is going to be the best thing so i'm going to invite you into this based on my understanding of who god is God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's God's Abba-like love for us that motivated Jesus and it's that same love that will motivate our message to our world about him. Okay, how can I grow my experience of God as Abba? I'm not going to give you a great stack of application today. Just one thing. Tim Chester mentions this. When you pray, if you're a Christian and, and you struggle with this, maybe this week address God as my Father. A small change. Do it. Just see how that changes your own experience of Him. My Father. You're my father. If you're brave enough and if, you, if you're not too hung up about the, uh, the details of it, try calling him dad. It's helpful to you, my dad. And just see how that goes. If, if another metaphor is better for you, go with that. I'm not making that as a theological statement because it's, it's not. But if it's helpful, practically, maybe just do it for a little while. And see if that picture that you have in your mind of God may shift from perhaps what it is to to what God wants it to be as a loving Abba, a father, a dad. Okay, now I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish with a story that I read in a book. And I'm not going to explain it. I'm just going to read it and pray. A priest named Edward Farrell, who lived in the U.S., once visited his uncle Seamus, who lived in Ireland for his 80th birthday. Early on the morning of the great day, Edward and his uncle went for a long walk on the shores of Lake Killarney. As the sun crept up and warmed the earth, suddenly Uncle Seamus stood still, gazed into the morning light for almost 20 minutes and he said nothing. Then, unexpectedly, Uncle Seamus began to skive along the shores of Lake Killarney, his face radiant with a smile from ear to ear. And when Edward Farrell caught up with him, he said, Uncle Seamus, (laughs) you look very happy. Do you want to tell me why? Yes, lad, Uncle Seamus said, his face beaming even brighter and tears streaming down his cheeks. You see, my Abba is very fond of me. Let's pray. God, I pray that that realization that you are fond of us will be a reality for each and every single person here. Move us from wherever we may be in in how we perceive you towards this, that we would know you as a parent who not only loves us, but who likes us, who wants to be with us, who has done everything that we may know you as our dad in heaven. Thank you for that. And I pray that that would shape the way we pray in mighty and wonderful ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.